Ladies and gentlemen, it is interview time today on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, and it is an exciting time for me today because we are going to be checking in with someone that, uh, well, that uh, that we haven't seen in a while, who has been up to stuff that maybe you don't quite know about, but I'm very, very happy uh, that he's taken some time out of his day to join me here on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, Matt Raywalt, formerly known as Aiden English, but now full-on Matt Raywalt, Matt how are you doing? Thank you for being here. Absolutely. No, man. Th- uh, thank you for having me. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I- I'm doing fantastic. I mean, the, the, you know, the confinement situation makes it, you know, unusual for everyone. And you're kind of officially back on the indie scene as well. Um, how have you been holding up? I mean, not too bad. Like I said, like you just put it there. I mean, kind of confinement these last couple of months. You know, this is not how anyone wanted to spend their summer. No. For sure. You know, a lot, a lot of indoors, a lot of time away from loved ones. I know we just had to kind of forego joining my family on vacation because as some people know, my wife was just doing some work with AEW in Florida. And so when she came home, you know, we wanted to keep ourselves separate, you know, and so we, we missed out on that. You know, we usually go to the beach in Michigan with our family. So things like that can be, you know, really annoying. But yeah. uh, you make the best of the time you have at home. You find new hobbies, you find, you know, or ways to work your passions into this even more digital world than it was before. Right. Everything's on Skype, Zoom, Twitch, blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of finding the ways to explore your passions in in those different ways. And so just been trying to do things like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you, we absolutely have to keep busy. And yeah, you know, being away from family and stuff can be can be difficult, like you said, especially if you have these circumstances where you're, you know, usually you meet up and you have these family gatherings. Yeah, of course, it's a very, it's a very different type of, of world that we're living in. Um, and, uh, you know, so kind of curious checking in, checking in on you, you know, you, you'd been actively wrestling, uh, for a while now you signed up, you, you worked a couple of years on the Indies. You signed with WWE in 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and you, uh, wrote it out all uh, into this year. Um, you know, we the, the vaudevillains and all of that, but of course people are going to very much rem- remember you for for Rusev Day and with good reason, right? It was a, it was a fun one. How did Rusev Day come come to pass? How did that happen? Um, it was kind of a happenstancey thing, which like the best things I think usually are. They're um, like the actual start itself wasn't organic, but everything that made it what it was was mm. organic. So because literally. On paper, all it was, was it was in that summer of 2017. Um, I was doing a couple little things on my own, kind of just trying to get established. And I, I literally, I happened to be booked into like random, like the two different matches with Randy Orton, who sure be working with Rusev in a story. And so with our paths literally like ships in the night just happened to be in the same segment. And they're like, hey, hey you're a bad guy. So you're going to do something to help Rusev get up on Randy. And like, that's it. And they thought wasn't going to do anything. And then the next week, it was like, well, since you did that and you've got this this character, come back and help Rusev celebrate, right? So we'll, we'll kind of incorporate you there. And it was like, okay. And again, it was just, and we'll, we'll end it there. You'll go back to whatever. And then it, what it was, what ended up being that was that ceremony with the cheesy key and the, the platform and the, the, the mayor, um, which... 
I had to learn the Bulgarian national anthem in Bulgarian so, over the course of a weekend. So that was that was the actual Bulgarian national anthem that you were singing. Hundred and ten percent. My God. Okay, I thought it was you were just like you know making up some kind of language, but no, that's well, fantastic. No. So SmackDown film at that time was still filming on Tuesdays. Uh, I got a call from Michael Hayes on Saturday evening saying, get a tux and learn the Bulgarian national anthem. You'll need it for Tuesday. And of course it's like, so Sunday, most places are closed. I fly out Monday. So I'm like, so basically I'm going to have to go in somewhere like Monday 9am and get them to like, get me a suit. So men's warehouse, luckily they were open on Sunday, get measured, have them send those measurements to Phoenix, Arizona or wherever the hell we were pick it up Monday night at, or Tuesday morning before television, make sure it fit, <laughs> get to the arena. Um, all this time I'm on the plane listening to the Bulgarian national anthem, again, Bulgarian. Okay. And then have to get ready for that and do that for the show. So that, that was a hell of a couple of days. So work me through this. You don't, you don't speak a, speak a lick of Bulgarian. Are you just, so it's phonetics. You're just like, like phonetically picking oh, yeah, up the so sounds. Yep, I, I found a YouTube clip of it, uh, just listen, listening to how they spoke it. And I mean, I looked up the words um, just so I could at least see the letters of like, okay, they're saying pla or blue or whatever. I'm like, okay, when I didn't know what the word was in the audio, I could kind of reference. So I'm going back and forth between, you know, reading and listening and reading and trying to match it. And, uh, and also trying to figure out, I'm like, how much of this am I going to have to sing? Am I going to have to sing the full, like, because it's like, eight minutes if you just play the whole thing. So I'm like, but I I was like, all right, he's just going to walk out. So hopefully if I can get the first like two and a half minutes, I should be okay. But I was worried. I'm like, if I have to go longer, I'm going to have to pull out some crib notes or something. <laughs> in the middle of the show. Well, I, but you had a stage background, right? So this is maybe the kind of thing that you're like, Hey, you know, this is par for the course. Maybe. Just having time in wrestling, you learn to fly by the seat of your pants pretty That's damn well. Yeah, no, I, that, that, that's a good point there. Um, but yeah, and, and from that point on, like, I remember the seg segment fondly, you know, because it was, it felt like a throwaway segment, right? It just like something, something silly that a one shot deal sure. gets the keys to the city. And, but it, like you said, it just picked up organically and very, very, uh, very, very easily. The crowd just really leaned into it. Uh, you guys must have been feeling pretty good about that, Rusev and yourself, or Miro now. Yeah, no, man, absolutely. It was one of those things, like I said, just written for that. Nobody expected anything. The funny thing is, I think the actual name, this, if I remember correctly, the ceremony, the segment wasn't called like Rusev Day segment. The mayor said, we're going to call today Rusev Day, kind of a throwaway line. Yeah. And then in a backstage, Randy goes to like a backstage interviewer, hey, happy Rusev Day, ha ha ha, and walks away. And that was kind of the first happy Rusev day was Randy saying in the interview. And then after that, you, you'd hear it, you'd hear small chants at, at the TV or in the, on the house shows. And, uh, and then it's just, it just kept growing and growing and people just wouldn't stop. And I even remember as early, that was like August or early September. We weren't on survivor series. That's the funny thing. I remember right. that we weren't part of the survivor series team or anything. But we were at the SmackDown leading up to Survivor Series, and we were in the dark match at the end of the show, and the crowd was just raining down on us, Rusev Day. And I was like, I remember we looked, I'm like, how are we not on 
understand pay-per-view on Sunday or whatever, but but okay. And, we, and it just kept going from there. Well, recently, you know, since we're sort of talking about the uh, the uh, the lack of comprehension behind certain elements of your booking, let's put it that way. Recently, uh, Miro was on uh, was on Ryback's podcast, and he talked about how Vince had come up to him backstage and said, basically, hey, you know, people are chanting Rusev Day at you, but they're laughing at you. You know, they're making fun of you. This isn't actual, it's not actual heat, you know, they're making fun of you. And you, you sort of tweeted at, tweeted out a couple of days ago, a reaction to that, where you were like, uh, yeah, when Miro told me that my jaw dropped, walk me through this. I mean, that must have been a little disheartening. I mean, it is. It's hard to hear it like that. And that was, again, I'm trying to remember that, but that was when things were really kind of steam. Um, Late at the, towards the end of that year, we were getting into that some of that tag team stuff, yeah. and the shirt had dropped and was doing incredibly well. The calendar. Yeah, fair, I wish I would have been privy to the. I wasn't there. This is. I was getting this from Miro, who spoke to Vince directly. Um, but yeah, and so to be fair, I don't know. Sometimes I could see the the mind that is Vince McMahon is a very wild place, and so I, it literally could it could just be point face what it was, or he could have been saying that to try to get Miro like angry and like, yeah, fire him up. Okay. I wouldn't put it past him, but the way thing it it did it, there always seemed to be this hesitation behind really pulling the trigger on anything major with us anyway. So I I do take it as that's kind of the way it was seen by the boss. And so, yeah, it was, it was like, what else do we have to do right. to kind of show to show that like people are into this? Because you know, if it's ironic, if it is like a mocking thing, which I get, because they were trying to push him and uh, as a really strong heel. So like, I get the urge to be like, no, like let's not immediately jump to like everybody loves him. I get it. You don't want to jump to anything too fast. Mm-hmm. But it was, and then it kept it kept going. People, if it's on it, people will throw it away in a in a week or two. Like. They get over that stuff. But when they're really loving something, they stick with it. And they did stick with it and stuck with it and stuck with it and stuck with it. So, yeah, it, it was it was a lot of head scratching and head shaking moments for the for the pair of us. It's weird, like because especially these days with, you know, a lot of guys jumping over to to AEW, you hear the stories and, you, you know, it, 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 it's it's. It's there's correlations you can make, nonetheless. Like especially when you hear uh, Matt Cardona go on podcasts and say, you know, the talk about the myth of the brass ring. When they, you know, where you're always being told, yeah, well, you know, do what you need to do to get yourself over. And then when you start getting yourself over, they're like, Ugh. you know, it, it's kind, it, it's kind of weird. Especially since, and I remember this. Uh, I, I, I remember going to see a SmackDown taping in Montreal in 2018. Uh, and the closer you got to the arena, the louder the Rusev chants, Rusev Day chants got, you know, it just, it, it, there was nothing ironic about it. And I mean, I, I guess on one hand I can't, like you said, you know, what's really going on in Vince's head. Sure. But as a fan, it's very frustrating to see something that you're attached to and that's working just be like, uh, just be like, no, no, we're going to keep it on this level. And then they break you, and then they break you apart where I think, well, this is very personal, right? Where I think you still, you guys still had a lot of gas in the Rusev Day gimmick, but uh, uh, that's a whole other thing. That's my, there's my editorial for you. 
Yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. I, you know, it, it's frustrating as for, for you guys and it's for fans. Imagine how frustrating it was for us. Oh, for sure. For sure. But, um, well, uh, so you moved on to, to 205 Live uh, to, uh, to do some commentary. How did you feel about that? Did you Do you feel like uh, they were sort of telling you, well, you know, your ring time is over? Or did they have, was it like, or is it more like, oh, we feel very confident in your in your color commentary uh, capabilities. How did you feel about that transition? So like, it, it started as, as one thing and ended up as another sort of, um, so the way it kind of began was it was, so after the Rusev day thing ended, let's face it kind of more of a whimper than a bang. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I, I, I've told this before, but I was trying to get things going on my own then, you know, throwing ideas, pitching some creative, pitching some different things and everything. And, like often does for some people, uh, it just, it doesn't go far or whatever people there, you know, you hit a brick wall and everything like that. And so I mean, you know, it, you peaks and valleys and that was a valley. So that sucks. So, um, then at that time it was Tom Phillips who came to me and was like, Hey, like, look, I just, I think you're good at this. Right. He's like, I think you have, you know, you have a gift of gab and everything like that. And I know you, I know you're a wrestler and you're young and you, you can so stay like wrestle, but if you don't mind, why don't you come try this with me sometime? And so at that time, I was like, you know what? Why not? Because I'm I like to consider myself very much a like a say yes kind of person, sure. right? Improv. My improv lessons there always say yes, right? You never never know. Um, You're from Chicago, so, right? Oh yeah, there baby. you go. <laughs> I O all of it. Um, but so I was like, sure. And so like I met him down in Orlando at the Performance Center. Literally just went into the booth, called some matches like with him and, and Byron Saxton at the time, and uh, like for like an hour. And it was like, cool, thanks, man. Th- this was fun. It went well. And I figured maybe we'll pick it up in a few months and I'll, I'll try it again. And then this could be something I could do later on or something. Lo and behold, the next week I show up to the SmackDown taping. Michael Cole calls me into Gorilla and says, Hey, Tom said you did great. So here's the deal. We're going to put you on 205 live between now and WrestleMania and we'll see how it goes. Uh, in the meantime, you know, if you're on SmackDown, that's fine, but just you'll come and take this with us afterward. So have fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've done literally like 45 minutes of commentary in a booth. And now next week I'm going to be on like live on the network calling action. Okay. Why not? And uh, it kind of just, it went from there. And honestly, I ended up learning a lot more and falling in love with that side of it more than I thought I did, which is really? why I ended up staying. And I credit a lot of that to the guys I was thrown out there with to begin with in Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness, because they were both so good at their job. Nigel, obviously is funny and knowledgeable and you know, he's learned his craft on, uh, on the headset and Vic is just such a solid play by play guy. And both guys are, they're also they're just they're fun to be around. They took me under the wing. There was no like, as so often is in the wrestling business, like edginess with the new kid and everything like that. They were so cool and just welcoming me in. And so that made me like, now this job can actually be really fun because I was so worried about it. Like, oh, I'm gonna be caught on the sidelines. Not it's gonna feel like I'm stuck somewhere, but it didn't. I felt like especially at a time when I wasn't doing much, I had something to do and sink my teeth in. And especially 205 Live, I know I'm rambling here, but when I get passionate about something, I start going off. That's cool. So welcome to the show. Same thing here. 
But at that time, like 205 Live was like, I was friends with guys like Mustafa Ali and like Buddy Murphy and stuff. And so like, I would see their sh- the show and I would go, I'm like, damn, these guys are good. And I didn't think they got enough attention or, 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 you know, recognition that they deserve. So for me, it turned into a thing of like, I want to tell these guys stories. I want to put them over. Like it's an honor and privilege for me to use whatever gifts or abilities I have in, in this regard to try to put this brand over and put these guys over. So it really turned into a kind of a point of pride for me. And, and, and you could tell too. And like you said, you were, you were with a, a really good crew. I mean, I, I can only imagine how much you, you, how much you picked up, you know, Tom is, I think Tom is uh, severely underappreciated as far as sure. uh, uh, a play by play go, a play by play guy goes. I think he's fantastic. Um, so, you know, basically things happen, but in the meantime, you also, yeah, you started off some side projects, right? Uh, such as uh, Wrestling With Whiskey. I didn't know where, right. where we discovered a whole different side of you. That that was interesting. How, how did you decide to get into that? Uh, that one, like, that's honestly, it came, it started simply as, it was a couple of years back, and I it, it was, look, I'm not, you know, 22 anymore. I don't want to drink like a 22 year old anymore. Um, I didn't want to, you know, I wasn't going, I, you know, at that time I was, I was married or I was almost married at that point. So like, I'm not going out every weekend shooting back shots and everything. I'm like, I want to drink like an adult. That was kind of the uh, impetus for it. Sure. And my dad always, he, he drank scotch and just one ice cube sipping neat. And, you know, shows like mad men were on the air showing the, the smoky room, the, 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 Canadian club in the glass in the office. I'm like, all right, how do I drink like that? Cause right now whiskey tastes like gasoline to me. So how do you, I was like, how do you get there? And I literally read a book in borders about how to like, how to taste, learn to taste whiskey. Sure. Um, and it was just like, I basically get used to it. Like anything, it, it, like they, it is an acquired kind of taste. So I treated it like working out, man. I started training. I bought a bottle of, a bourbon and I had uh, my can of diet Coke with me and I would pour it and I have a little bit each, you know, sip chase until then it was sip chase until it was longer and longer. And then I no longer needed the chaser and then it was smelling it and and it just, it kind of grew from there. And then man, after that, I started diving into, as we all know, like the internet, you find communities for literally everything. Sure. You know what I mean? So like I ended up into a deep dive into podcasts, you know, Reddit forums, message boards. And there was just like there is for wrestling and games and sci-fi bourbon. I'm kidding you. And whiskey has this whole subculture of people talking about it, reviewing it, trading it, you know, online, selling it, maybe not legally (laughs) (laughs) and things like that, flipping bottles and stuff like that. There's a whole black market for whiskey and bourbon and stuff. So like, it was kind of cool. I'm like, whoa, there's all this lingo. And, and so like, it was this first thing outside of wrestling, uh, you know, since I was a kid that I found a passion for as an adult. And uh, it just kind of, it exploded from there. Well, cause that's kind of what you do. You, you like you, you, what, what's cool about your channel, that, uh, about your channel that you have on YouTube uh, is that, yeah, you have a bit of both, right? You have like, okay, a little something for the expertise, you know, but you also ease people into it at the same time. Like, this is what you need to discover. So that's really cool at the same time. If you, you know, if you do want to get into it and like you said, stop drinking like you're a frat boy and and sort of appreciate a little more the, the, the flavors and the complexity that goes into it, 
that's really cool. And what I also thought was cool is that a lot of your contemporaries, right, they're turning to live streaming and, you know, doing videos on the side. But it's a lot of video games. And you know, what you're doing is is very is very different. So that was that something you wanted to do as well? I mean, I didn't know when I first started doing it and like started like the YouTube channel and like I might have a separate uh, Instagram wrestling with whiskey and stuff. I didn't really know what it was going to be. Um, I knew it was just like, I want to explore it. I want to share the journey I'm taking. And with, with the YouTube channel, I guess specifically the biggest thing for me was kind of like what you said. It was like, look, the whole thing is I want to share my appreciation for it, show a different way to appreciate this spirit. That's again, typically, shot in a beer is how most people see it. Um, and also, but also just as much as that is like, look, I'm learning to learn with me as opposed to me sure. telling you what to do or how it is or talking down to people. I'm like, look, I'm figuring this out too. You know, I'm only a couple of years into this. There are people who spend their lives doing it. Mm -hmm. So it was all just about the journey. And so that's what it's, it's kind of turned into is, you know, reviews and, and interviews. I've made a lot of contacts in the business now, um, which has been fun because I've gotten to meet a lot of great people and do a lot of cool things with it. So hopefully it keeps going from here. A couple of days ago, you show you pop back into a wrestling ring. You were at Zello Pro's Stronger Together show was uh, this past weekend on Saturday. How did it feel, Matt, to be back in a wrestling ring? <laughs> I, I said it. Um, it wasn't broadcast on the, the Fight TV stream, but uh, I, I had talked to the crowd a little, little bit before the show, and man, I, it felt so good to not be home. <laughs> like, <laughs> we were, that was all that I could think of. I was like, oh my God. And which is funny because considering all the time, especially on a WWE schedule, it, everything was always like, especially at the end of the week, you guys are at those TV tapings. Like, I can't wait to get on this flight and get home. You know what I mean? You're on the road four or five days. Sure. Every week was like, just get me home. Just get me home. And now after these months, it's like, just get me out of the house. <laughs> Glad to be back. And, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it's not how any of us, you know, any of the independents that are running across the country that are able to right now, um, uh, finding ways to do it. It's obviously not how any of us were hoping to get back to this, you know, and hopefully we do eventually, but just to be able to feel the crowd and just kind of have that interaction, that, that direct kind of line that we have in the wrestling business was, it was nice to feel that again in some way, shape or form. Really nice. Zello Pro are good people. They, they, they run good shows. They're a good organization. Are you looking forward to working with them again? Oh, absolutely. And uh, if, if you caught it this weekend, if not catch the replay, of course, but uh, you will have saw that, Mr. Phil King himself, Brubaker, called my, you know, called me out. So I guess I got to show back up to whoop somebody's ass. So uh, that's going down next month. So be sure to check us out next month for sure. That's fantastic. Um, what do you, so what has uh, what's the future have in store for Mac, Matt Raywalt moving forward? So I mean, a lot. Hopefully, a lot of things. And that I think to me, not to get like super heavy with it, but. Uh, being released from WWE really kind of opened my eyes to the classic, like, hey, egg, don't put your eggs in one basket kind of thing, right? Right. Like, because I think so many of us, you're so relying on your job or whatever it is. And I'm like, from here on out, if I can't, I really want to be doing things everywhere. I want, I, I never thought I wanted to be one of those guys with like six jobs, you know, like, hey, I, I'm running this channel and I'm doing the, this whiskey thing and I'm wrestling and I'm doing this. But now I think I kind of do want that. I want to be exploring a lot of things, you know? So 
the, the wrestling with whiskey will be will be doing more. Um, I'm actually in talks with a couple of people out of Cincinnati and to be doing a specific bourbon show for one of their magazines. Oh. Um, I'm going to be continuing my own weekly live show there. I've got some things locally here. My uh, whiskey barrel club things that people might be able to join. I uh, helping me pick barrels of whiskey and then having them exclusively for clubbers, things like that'll be fun. Wrestling, of course. Uh, I am looking forward to getting back in the ring um, because that, I mean, that's what I fell in love with, right? So as as things pick up and uh, more and more promotions are running, I've already been in talk for several this fall, so I'm looking forward to those. And um, of, of course, you know, and anybody who wants to have the drama king there, I am ready and willing. So it's just I'm trying to spread my net wide and experience sure. a lot of things. Sure, and it makes sense, especially since we don't quite know when this all this is right. going to end and get back to normal. It all makes sense. Matt Raywalt, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking some time uh, out of your busy schedule because you've got like six jobs now. You just said it. So it's like, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, where should people look for you uh, on social media, the internet, wherever? Sure. I mean, yeah, now, now it's hard because I feel like there's like eight different things that used to just be like, yeah, find me on Twitter. Here it is. Now, yeah, I've got two Twitters, two Instagrams, a YouTube channel, a Twitch channel. Um, but pretty much, to sum it down, if you look on any of those streaming and or in, uh, social platforms, search Wrestling with Whiskey or Drama King Matt, and you'll find me on all of those. So uh, hit me up, dramakingmatt at gmail.com, too, for any business or uh, bookings, kind of in- inquiries, etc. Thank you again so very much, Matt. It was a pleasure talking to you. It, it, it truly was. Best of luck to you. Maybe uh, maybe we'll catch up in a couple of months, see how things are going. How about that? That'd be great. Thanks so much for having me on. And thank you, everyone, for listening and or watching. And I will see you next time.